1 Kings 18. After many days, Yahweh's word came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. Elijah went to show himself to Ahab. The famine was severe in Samaria. Ahab called Obadiah, who was over the household. Now Obadiah feared Yahweh greatly. For when Jezebel cut off Yahweh's prophets, Obadiah took 100 prophets and hid them 50 to a cave and fed them with bread and water. Ahab said to Obadiah, Go through the land to all the springs of water and to all the brooks. Perhaps we may find grass and save the horses and mules alive that we will not lose all the animals. So they divided the land between them to pass throughout it. Ahab went one way by himself and Obadiah went another way by himself. As Obadiah was on the way, behold, Elijah met him. He recognized him and fell on his face and said, Is it you, my lord Elijah? He answered, It is I. Go tell your lord, behold, Elijah is here. He said, How have I sinned that you would deliver your servant into the hand of Ahab to kill me? As Yahweh your God lives, there is no nation or kingdom where my lord has not sent to seek you. When they said, He is not here, he took an oath of the kingdom and nation that they didn't find you. Now you say, Go tell your Lord, Behold, Elijah is here. It will happen as soon as I leave you, that Yahweh's spirit will carry you, I don't know where, and so when I come and tell Ahab and he can't find you, he will kill me. <laughs> but I, your servant, have feared Yahweh from my youth. Wasn't it told, my Lord, what I did when Jezebel killed Yahweh's prophets? How I hid 100 men of Yahweh's prophets with 50 to a cave and fed them with bread and water. Now you say, go tell your Lord, behold, Elijah is here. He will kill me. Elijah said, as Yahweh of armies lives before whom I stand, I will surely show myself to him today. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, is that you, you troubler of Israel? He answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house. You have forsaken Yahweh's commandments and you have followed the Baals. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel to Mount Carmel and 450 prophets of Baal and 400 of the prophets of the Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent to all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together to Mount Carmel. Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you waver between the two sides? If Yahweh is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. The, pro the people didn't say a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I, even I only, am left as a prophet of Yahweh. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bulls. And let them choose one bull for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood and put no fire under. And I will dress the other bull and lay it on the wood and put no fire under it. You call on the name of your God and I will call on Yahweh's name and the God who answers by fire, let him be God. All the people answered, what you say is good. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourselves and dress it first for you are many and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. They took the bull which was given them, and they dressed it, and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, <laughs> and nobody answered. 
They leapt about the altar which was made. At noon, Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is God. Either he is deep in thought, or he has gone somewhere, or he is on a journey, or perhaps he sleeps and must be awakened. They cried aloud and cut themselves in the way with knives and lances until the blood gushed out on them. When midday was past, they prophesied until the time of the evening offering, but there was no voice, no answer, and nobody paid attention. Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. And all the people came near to him. He repaired Yahweh's altar that had been thrown down. Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom Yahweh's word came, saying, Israel shall be your name. With the stones he built an altar in Yahweh's name. He made a trench around the altar, large enough to contain two sears of seed. He put the wood in order and cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood. He said, Fill four jars of water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. He said, Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. He said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. The water ran around the altar and also filled the trench with water. At the time of the evening offering, Elijah the prophet came near and said, Yahweh the God of Abraham, of Isaac and of Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, Yahweh, hear me, that this people may know that you, Yahweh, are God and that you have turned their heart back again. Then Yahweh's fire fell and consumed the burnt offering, the wood, the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, Yahweh, he is God. Yahweh, he is God. Elijah said to them, seize the prophets of Baal. Don't let one of them escape. They seized them and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and killed them there. Elijah said to Ahab, get up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and he bowed himself down on the earth and put his face between his knees. He said to his servant, go up now and look toward the sea. He went up and looked and said, there is nothing. He said, go again, seven times. On the seventh time he said, behold, a small cloud like a man's hand is rising out of the sea. He said, go up, tell Ahab, get ready and go down so that the rain doesn't stop you. In a little while, the sky grew black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. Yahweh's hand was on Elijah, and he tucked his cloak into his belt and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Okay, so this is the story of Elijah that's the most famous one. <laughs> the Elijah and the prophets of Baal at Mount Carmel. And um, so Baal is, you know, the god of rain, so apparently, or the god of storms, but there's been no rain because the Lord declared a famine. Things are so bad that they're hunting all over for, for water, just to basically water their horses. Things, are, it says it, the, the famine was severe in Samaria. And so now the scene is set for this great confrontation. So you've got people who are all across the land, they've been endorsed by their leaders to worship this God of storms and God of rain, but there's no rain. <laughs> it's 
So they're ready. Their hearts are ready to believe in, in, in Yahweh. And they know that Yahweh was the, the Lord that brought them out of Egypt. So the confrontation is set. And Elijah uh, tells Ahab to gather all the people at Mount Carmel. Now, he doesn't say to gather on Mount Carmel. Um, and I think, I think this is a, an interesting difference because when you see the, children, the Sunday school stories of this, they're all on top of the mountain. <laughs> but I googled uh, for a picture of the mountain and I doubt very much that you could fit all of Israel on top of the mountain. It's, it's a big mountain, but it's not like super big. Um, I doubt you could fit you know, a couple of hundred thousand people up there. And um, in any case, at the very end of this chapter, after the confrontation was over, it says that Elijah went up Mount Carmel to pray. So I have a feeling they weren't up on top of the mountain. They were all at the base of the mountain near this brook. And another reason is that is, uh, Elijah says, pour water on the altar, do it again. And he did it a third time. Well, that brook must have had a little bit of water in it. It wouldn't make sense if you're up Mount Carmel to go all the way down to the brook. <laughs> I looked up Google, um, what did I look up? Anyway, Mount Carmel is 545 meters high. So that's a long way to go down and get water and come up and do it three times. So my feeling is that unlike in the Sunday school stories, they're at the base of the mountain, and this is where all this happens. There's enough space there for hundreds of thousands of people who have gathered for this momentous occasion. And, um, and it's also um, then allows room for him to go up Mount Carmel because he wasn't already up there to begin with. And so he prays at the top. Now what happens in this um, confrontation is that Elijah says to them, if Baal is God, follow him. And if Yahweh is God, follow him. Now notice he doesn't say, if Baal is a God, follow him. And if Yahweh is a God. It's not about whether someone is a God or not. It's whether they are God or not. So what's happening here is a very subtle, it's subtle to us, but it's not subtle to them. What's happening here is a shift in thinking from henotheism to monotheism. Uh, and I've got to explain this. So um, in the world today, we've got polytheism, you know, in say India, you know, they worship in the Hindu religion, they worship millions of gods, they're polytheists. If you go to India and you're in taxis and different things, you'll see people with all their gods and they're all different ones. You might go to someone's shop and they'll have several. Um, so they, they will worship multiple gods often. Now, sometimes they have their own god of their house, their own god of their family, their own god of their clan, their own god of their state. So they're often worshiping multiple gods. That's polytheism. Henotheism, which is what was in, in uh, ancient Israel and in a lot of ancient cultures, was where they believed in multiple gods, but they only worshiped one. And we, so they might, uh, for example, have worshiped the god Yahweh as their god, but kind of still in the back of their mind thought, there are other gods, you know, the Moabites have their god and the, the Sidonians have their god, but our god is Yahweh. So they're thinking, this is henotheism. This is my god. They're not polytheists. They don't worship multiple gods. They only worship one but they believe that there's more than one. And Abraham was a henotheist because the Lord called him to follow him. Jacob, if you remember back in um, the night that Jacob laid down with his head on a rock for a pillow and he saw the, the angels going up and down the staircase, you know, Jacob's staircase, he woke up next morning and said, surely the Lord is in this place. He said, Lord, if you will bring me back, then you will be my God. 
So Jacob was making a choice. He believed there were multiple gods, but he was deciding in that moment that I'm going to make you my god. So there's this process at work, and you know, in the land of Egypt with the plagues. You know, the Lord is showing that these gods are powerless, but, but I'm the real God. So there's this process of basically moving from polytheism to henotheism. And now in this chapter, this is the first place I think, the way I understand it, there's a very clear sense of monotheism. Yahweh is God and there's no other God. And so, so Elijah says to them, look, if Baal is God, if he's really God, not a God, but if he's really God, worship him. But if Yahweh is God, worship God. And so there's a very, and this is one of the things where what makes Elijah a really significant character. Moses is a significant character, and Elijah is a significant character. And the name Elijah, um, if you Google what's the meaning of the name Elijah, you get different meanings. One of the, one of the meanings is the Lord is my God, or Yahweh is my God. That's one meaning. But another meaning is Yahweh is God. That's the meaning I like because it, it, it actually matches right here with this chapter with what's going on. So they have this confrontation. The prophets of Baal dance around their altar all day long and Baal doesn't answer. Uh, no doubt the Lord wouldn't let their... <laughs> Demons sometimes have, can do some powerful things, but I'm sure that and sometimes supernatural things can happen through demonic power, but the Lord just didn't let it happen. And I don't know whether they have the type of power to cause fire to come down from heaven anyway. But the Lord just didn't allow them to have any effect. But then the Lord answered with fire. And all the people cry out, the Lord is God. Yahweh is God. They cry. And it's almost like they're saying, Elijah, Elijah. Because, you know, that's the meaning of the name, Elijah. And I find that quite fascinating that his name means Yahweh is God. And the people are crying out, Yahweh is God. They're crying out his name. Very, very interesting little kind of a double meaning thing there. Um, but what's most important here is that this is the chapter where true monotheism is, is kind of like introduced properly. Uh, you know, before this, monotheism is in the Bible. You got, you've got uh, King David saying, Lord, you alone are God. You know, it's not like people didn't realize that he is the only God before that, but this is a key turning point. <laughs> and so Elijah goes up after all of this, they kill the prophets of Baal, they kill the prophets of Asherah, 850 of them, and um, which makes Jezebel very annoyed, as we will find out later. And then Elijah says to Ahab, there's going to be rain, and he, but he goes up to make sure there's going to be rain. Now, this is a very important point. Sometimes the Lord gives us promises, and he says, I'm going to do this but we still need to pray it into happening. We need to believe what the Lord has says and use our faith and that word from God like a promise and say, Lord, you said now. And so this is what Elijah does. The Lord has said to him that the rain is coming, but he goes up the hill and he prays it to make sure it's going to happen. He prays seven times. And when he sees that one little cloud, <laughs> he knows, well, my prayer's been answered. Quick, let's get going. He obviously knows there's going to be a lot of rain. And it says he outran. You know, Ahab was in the chariot. The Jezreel Valley, you know, in the north of Israel, is a big, long, flat valley that runs across. There's huge mountain ranges that run up and down, but the Jezreel Valley runs across them. It's, it's a great area for chariots. And Ahab's in his chariot, and he's bolting. 
but Elijah outruns him by the power of the Lord. And I, I have said that Elijah is one of the great supernatural characters of the Old Testament. Moses is, Elijah is. There are other people that perform miracles, but these are the two biggies. But Jesus in the New Testament, he outdoes them all. And uh, every now and then you hear a, a Christian joke, you know, and uh, I've always remembered this one. It said, uh, when were motorcycles first mentioned in the Bible? It was when Elijah <laughs> roared through the desert in his triumph. Well, he raced through the desert in his triumph. Well, that's right here. That's where Elijah outran Ahab in his chariot in his great triumph, his miracle, his overcoming of the prophets. So this, this um, chapter is a great, great chapter in the Bible. It's, it's a key turning point. And you know, later on, by the time Jesus comes, the Jewish people are completely monotheistic. It frustrates the Roman Empire no end <laughs> that they won't just worship the Roman gods. They, there was a process where the Lord cured their hearts from all idolatry. Now they still worshiped, you know, they're still idolatrous in the ways like we often are. We're putting other things before God, but not idols. They were completely cured. They believed that the Lord alone was God. And so there's a process at work through time and history. And the Lord is so smart. He knows how to bring things about bit by bit. And this chapter is a key moment. So thank you, Lord. You alone are God. There is no God like our God. You, Lord, are the rock. You're the king of kings. And uh, there is no one like you. And so we praise you this morning. I thank you for Elijah. I thank you for raising up men like Elijah. And Lord, you did say in the book of James, chapter 5, 17, that Elijah was a man like us. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain for three years. And it didn't. But then he prayed that it would rain. And Lord, I pray that you would help us we are ordinary people, but give us grace to walk in righteousness and walk in power just as Elijah did. Lord, fill us with your spirit, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.